Hello weebs new and old and welcome to Anime Against the World where I, Sam and my good friend Will chat about the world of anime or about the world at large. What are we talking about this week Will? Uh, this week Sam we are pulling apart the new Studio Ghibli movie. I don't know how new it is, new to the UK anyway. The Boy and the Heron. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, another big movie for us to look at. It's anime so it counts but I went to see it at the cinema last week. Um, haven't haven't seen much anime at the cinema. It's cool that the UK is getting all these little bits um, and pieces. There was some. There was another trailer. I can't remember what it was for, but there was another anime trailer um, for something else coming soon. So um, yeah, it's exciting times with um, all of these big films seeping seeping into the UK film market. It's definitely um, a more recent thing as well. I think just before I left for Japan in 2020. Um, most anime films that would air in the UK were limited to special screenings. There was a place, uh, an event called Scotland Loves Anime, where you could go to Glasgow and sit down and they would do like back-to-back showings of like the most recent Japanese films. Um, I watched the My Hero Academia movie uh, in that one and uh, Your Name, which is another fantastic mm. film. But even just before I left, just just as COVID times were sneaking in, um, there was definitely a rise of regular cinemas having limited showings of anime movies. Mm. So it's really nice to see that this is this trend has continued, um, especially because they're so abundant in Japan. Like every yeah. week, there is there's a new Shinchan movie, there's a Doraemon movie, the latest Idol anime's got a movie out, and you can just go and revel in that. Well, when I first came out here, it was mm-hmm. the interesting. I thought was um, how actually quite busy it was it was the busiest film i've been in for a while in terms of oh really um, yeah in terms of, and, and i can't remember when it officially came out it might have been the day we went i went on friday and um, i'm not sure when mm. the release date was but um um i can look that up later maybe it was it, yeah there was it was quite a dive like not to judge people on appearance but it seemed like quite a mainstream viewing as well like there was a lot of mm. like um girls going with their girlfriends and just like general people and we went to the um, subversion as well so I was quite surprised at the like the the, the diversity of people that were there um, I thought it was there like a, a big age show. range were, were there some maybe yeah yeah I older mean, folks I, I, there as well I would say there weren't men, there weren't any um, children there or any young uh, teenagers I would say I would say they were 20s and above uh, mainly mm. and it was quite Probably, packed yeah 30s and 40s um, my age range, I guess. Um, our, I mean, no, we're we're still young whippersnappers. We're still young and hit twenty one, right? We've yeah, never yeah, never right. actually yeah. aged out of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's so, interesting because it's the same in Japan. When I went to see this in the cinema, um, again, very packed. It's Ghibli. It's going to draw a crowd, um, and it was a lot of um, diverse people there. There was I, something that I noticed in my showing was there were quite, quite elderly folk who were oh, right. there, like husbands and wives coming to see this together as well as some fairly young children um over here Mm. we had i wouldn't want to spitball it but maybe about between 10 to 12 was the youngest that we saw right um and it's interesting because i think the subject of the film and the actual film itself can be quite hard to bounce off of and especially when i went to see it ghibli did a very specific marketing strategy, which was we will release one poster, yeah, and then that is it. Right, yeah. No yeah, had, trailer, nothing. <laughs> I had no idea what this was going to be going in, and I was. Um, so, should we should we get into sort of what happens here? Because I was I was um, quite surprised at the way the story went, but not surprised at the same time because it's Ghibli. 
Um, the, yeah. the, the, the first 20 minutes, half an hour, maybe even longer, I, I didn't time it, but quite quite a substantial chunk of the first part of the movie is set in such a real world, um, world war sort of um, mm. I- environment where th- there is no supernatural, there is no um, weird, quirky, wacky characters that Ghibli's sort of known for. Um, there are no talking animals or anything like that until we remove ourselves from that world and 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 move into the country and our boy our main boy uh mahito um has to sort of um adapt to this new world in the country with his what seems like his auntie um uh, and his dad hooking up yeah um he goes on his little adventure um so yeah i was quite surprised by the start of it thinking oh this doesn't feel very ghibli and then when it changed i was also surprised. it was like oh, oh no okay. it's it's it, so it, ghibli it's so ghibli <laughs> <laughs> so just for audience context how many ghibli films have you seen you've seen spirited away yes you've seen uh, not howl's moving castle what was the other one that we watched we said we saw princess, princess mononoke mononoke mm. that's one um, and have you seen any others in your own time i don't think so I don't think so. Mm. Uh, let me just. Uh, I'll, I'll reel a few bangers off. Let's let, let's reel a couple of them off. Um, uh, Porco Rosso. No. Um, Howl's Moving Castle. No. Um, Grave of the Fireflies. No. I don't think I've seen anything else. I'm, I'm then probably not. They're like the big bangers Cobra. that came out that everybody's well, seen. You know, let's be honest, Sam. Who's fault's that? Uh, it is completely my fault. I should have. Uh, <laughs> Started your Ghibli education much earlier, uh, but I was thrown off after your uh, after your <laughs> scathing review of Spirited Away. Well, to be fair, I'm not saying that I I want to just dive into an absolute Ghibli fest, but um, looking at some of these um, cover arts or posters, um, my my neighbor, my neighbor Totoro. Oh, my neighbor Totoro. Yep that that Totoro, imagery. Totoro. I've se- I see that all over the place on like shirts and stuff. Iconic. Yeah, absolutely. He's basically and, Totoro is basically the face of Ghibli. He's what sprung them right. into yeah, okay, that mainstream and appeal. Ponyo, um, I, I remember that ah. coming out. That's a relatively yeah. They had like Miley Cyrus's sister or something as one of the voices. Oh, weird. Yeah, didn't even know she, know yeah. she had a sister. But anyway, back to the boy and the heron, or yes. in Japan they call it "How Do You Live." Is the name of the film in Japanese. Um, <laughs> Interesting. So we've we've talked a little bit about vague things that are happening um, yeah. overall in the film, but what's what's the specifics? Who are our characters? Who are we following? What's going on? So we have Mahito. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? I'm giving it a go. Um, and he is a young boy. I don't know, like young teens, 12, 12 years old maybe. Yeah, I think he's still in elementary, so he'd be about 11, 12-ish. Okay, um, and he is—he's our protagonist. He's our main character. He's our point of view character, and he um, is a, a child in Japan when the world war is happening, and his mom dies in a fire in the hospital. And yep. um, then they leave the city of Tokyo because they don't want to—I don't know—they don't actually explain why. You assume it's because it's got—it's it, wartime and it could be dangerous. Yeah, and it's an uh, evacuation. And, oh, is. It, right, okay. It's an evacuation, but Dad's also going because he runs he's a factory. Married. Oh, I thought and it was because of the factory. Well, he's yeah, it's part the of the war effort already. Yeah, so he's part of the war effort. He's making, I think, is it the covers for the fighter planes? Um, yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah, that, that's a dark turn. 
Yeah. These aren't going to see see much warfare, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> you just see Quanchi like in the background from Godzilla just Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> very, very closely linked to our last episode to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, so he is part of the war effort. He's in charge of this factory and he's also it's heavily implied that he's been having an affair with Right, his yeah. wife's sister, who he then remarries to after the firebombings of Tokyo. And they move out into the countryside, into her family home. Mm. And, and Mahito, she is quite creepy. She's just she, like, yeah. I'm going to be your mother now. I'm your mum. That's yeah. it. Call me Conversation mom. over. Yeah, <laughs> Not going to think about your feelings at all. And, yeah. and that rubs Mahito the wrong way. And he ends up getting into a conflict with some bullies at school. And... This was the first moment of the film where I kind of went, oh, this is this is a bit dark and a, a bit yeah. more menacing than I thought. He gets into a conflict at school with some other kids. Then on the way home, he picks up a rock and he smashes the side of his head open. Yeah. And there, there's blood and they get bandaged up and he blames it on the fight. And this is kind of the first look into where the film's going in terms of themes and what i think miyazaki's trying to say mm. but again coming into it completely fresh i was like whoa what is he doing yeah <laughs> like, this isn't this isn't how you react to, to being bullied or like was he trying to make it look worse than it actually is like what, what did you think of of his essentially his self self-harming at the beginning yeah, um, I think it was um, a way to make it look worse in order to avoid going back. He just didn't want to be at that school. He knew that it was going to be too hard and he had too much um, too much going on in his little head to sort of cope with that extra battle. So I think he, it was just a an escapism tool. He just wanted to get out of that situation as, as quickly as he mm. could. And that's, you know, in a very sort of sadistic way, that, that was a tactical move, which we see from him quite a bit in this movie. He's a very shrewd operator um, mm. in, in the way he navigates the new world that he, he encounters. Um, he seems quite ruthless at times. Some of the things he says are quite blunt and quite uh, direct. Yeah. And, um, quite um we- like quite a weathered sort of experienced individual for such a young child um so yeah i think um it it was it was dark it was it was really interesting to sort of see that play out and then from that moment it became a ghibli movie with a talking heron yeah. with human teeth and yes again just really over the top creepiness about the characters drawn we've got these old women that just uh, that just oh wobble. they're so bizarre aren't they they're just well, like the way they, that they're they are, chittering but, and their yeah. eyes are pointing in weird directions and it's just a just load of mini of... versions of the one from spirited away, spirited away the giant headed lady that, that oh yeah except a, a little bit more i guess these guys are a bit more passive aren't they they're just kind of like cooing and hoping yeah. that cigarettes are going to come from the city <laughs> yeah but they but they're, they're, they're they're sort of um, rat-like nature. They they just like scurry around and like go through stuff. It was quite um, yeah. I don't. I, just very sort. Of, it, it's it's sort. It's a phrase that we throw around a lot with um, Ghibli. But that uncanny valley sort of. It's mm. just something not right about them. They're just off, sort of. Um, yeah. Aesthetically, and it's a uh, yeah. Make I don't particularly like that. Um, that aside, um, I think. Generally, this mm-hmm. this film 
is a lot more coherent for me than Spirited Away. Princess Mononoke, Mononoke, Mononoke was was again another step in the direction of it was easier to follow. I was able to sort of track Mm. that story. It was a bit more logical and um, the of of this world. Um, Yeah, this this one was a bit in between. I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to jump into it, we'll go probably, I guess, full spoiler from here on. Um, to be warned, if you've not seen it yet, go out and see it. It's yep. it's uh, Miyazaki's first film in however many years. And uh, we were actually talking about this a bit before the podcast, the idea of, um, what was it? I- Iki... Hmm. Oh, I've got it here. Ikigai. Um, Ikigai. This Japanese idea of finding a purpose to get out get out of bed in the morning and and to fulfill a purpose the uh, miyazaki who's done the vast majority of ghibli films said when this was coming out this will be my last film and he worked on it personally he did all the storyboards he did a lot of work personally for this movie um as as its director and one of the animators and then this film came out and then he just went no i'm just going to make another one so <laughs> I'd say go and see it because it is it might be Miyazaki's last film. The dude's getting on in years and maybe he'll make another one. But yeah, go go check it out. We're going to go full spoilers from here. Um, Apparently, this is a semi-autobiographical fantasy. Yes. According to IMDb. So <laughs> a lot of the things that happen at the beginning of the film with Mahito, the, the fire bombings... Um, the the fact that his dad works as a aircraft component manufacturer and the way that he lost his own mother um, in a fire when he was quite young are reflections of Miyazaki's life. And then as we start to get into the more dream scapey aspects of it, it's some people read it as Mahito's journey through the dream world um, once he enters the tower are phases of Miyazaki's life when he's working on different films and trying to escape um, this expectation that's been put upon him and learn to just not working so much to fulfill himself but to fulfill other people and by the end of the film we get a little bit of that when Mahito has to stop being so selfish and he chooses to accept his family um, mm. but inst amongst all that, what was your opinion on the dream sequence? Once he enters into this tower and he enters this alternate world, yeah. there is a lot going on. We have sequences where they're on boats. We have sequences yeah. where they're getting chased by parakeet armies. His mother it was maybe a fire mage, but also not yeah. a fire mage. There's doors that lead to either other worlds or other times. There's there's a lot to unpack there. What was your read on it, having having seen it more recently than I have? Um, yeah, I, I think um, I I mean I did. I, I've always felt these felt uncomfortable with these sorts of things that are a little bit too um, wacky and out there. And and I, I I don't know whether it's just me being ignorant and not wanting to spend the time looking at the um i don't know the 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 essence behind it like you just alluded to with the sort of metaphoric relationships between um miyazaki's childhood and and his or his his film his 
film directing uh, career. Um, but on the surface, I've always found it just a bit like, oh God, it's just wacky for the sake of wacky. Just and I think there weird. is, a, yeah, weird for the sake of weird. And I think that that does carry through with this. I, apart from that element, which isn't as big as I think it was with Spirited Away, I think I've sort of got used to what to expect from Ghibli. Um, I did actually enjoy this a lot more. I thought it was paced quite well. I thought the way... Um, I thought there was a lot of good elements of humour. Um, I don't think... Mm. And again, I'm comparing it directly to um, Spirited Away because I feel like there's a, a comparison with what I didn't like with that and what I do like with this. I felt there was a lot more about the protagonist in this story. There was a lot mm. more um, character development for him. There was a lot more... There was a lot more whimsical nature... No, not whimsical nature, sorry. Just mind mind farted there. Um, there was a lot more building of his character through other characters. So his relationship with the human characters of this and and the Pelican Man to, to a certain extent um, was a lot more wholesome and uh, felt like there was tangible stuff there. Spirited Away did just feel like a girl who had no development really going going through the motions of this magical world and everything happening to her which mm. for me was a lot harder to sort of buy into this felt a lot more Mahito seems to have a bit more of a drive as a protagonist yes. like he he has a clear he goal has a, where he has a drive but he also has an impact like a huge impact in that it feels like mm. he's the one that brings out the collapse of this whole world and well this whole he universe. kind of he kind of is isn't he like yeah. we, we meet a character late in the game um the grand uncle i think he's called yes um who has been missing and apparently has been in this dream world and has built this dream world in this series of building blocks and mm. mahito is asked directly take over this world, make it in your own, like, image, your own mm. your own way. And he says no. Yeah. He rejects it outright, which I think is really interesting. And then by him saying no, he angers the parakeet king. <laughs> which is a bit... <laughs> which saying, saying that sentence out loud, it sounds very, very bizarre. Yeah. Um, but he angers the parakeet king, who then destroys the blocks, which leads to the collapse of this dream world. And... That part of things, I think looking at this film very flat, like just mm. on a surface level and not trying to read anything else into it, I think it is very bizarre. That it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like he goes into the world, here's a world of things, here's a special set of magic blocks that create the entire universe. Oh, I've cut the blocks, now the universe is destroyed. What does that mean for the other universes? Is everything now, is the multiverse sealed off? Like, yeah. All these kind of things go through your head, but then at the same time, it's just so pretty to look at. It is a very pretty film. It is a very pretty film, yeah. And I mean, I think my issue with it is I went to watch this in Japanese. There were no subtitles. And so I had to do a lot of my gleaning of what happened with the plot afterwards by reading... I got watching it purely in Japanese. I picked up a lot of what was happening and I got the general beats of the film. Yeah. But without that specific and nuanced dialogue, I yeah. didn't, I couldn't really pull out the deeper meanings until I looked at other people's okay. synopsises later yeah, on. Yeah. And so for me, whilst this is the big grand return of Ghibli, 
Ah, it just... It didn't scratch the itch that okay. I was expecting it I to. I would counter that with the fact that one of the th- one of the big saving one of the because I'm I'm not a Ghibli advocate by any stretch, but one of the things that made this movie well, yeah, boosted this movie for me was the dialogue. Um, mm. So potentially, if you haven't, I don't know whether you have since, but I don't know. Potentially, because you haven't, because I did think it had some really comedic moments, and I thought it had some good lines, and 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 the dialogue itself made this movie a better movie for me. So I don't know whether Ooh. there's some element in that. Absolutely, I think you know, visual storytelling and my limited grasp of Japanese can only go so far. Mm. So maybe I need to rewatch that. And I'm with the dub coming up with the cast that they've got for yeah. the dub. I quite man, yeah. So we, we started talking about to. this off air as well, and then we're like, let's save it for the podcast. But the the um, if for those of us that for those of you that haven't heard of the dub or seen who's in it, we've got oh my Christian goodness. Bale, Dave Batista, Christian Bale's there. They've got Robert Patterson as the Heron, Gemma Chan from Guardians, Willem Dafoe, Mark Hamill, oh, Florence Pugh is yeah. in this. It's insane. I think we're looking at the same list, which is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like. And and this is what I was alluding to off air as well, was ever since Spirited Away got the Oscar, and e- even before then to a degree, um, Disney was the the company that was licensing these um, Ghibli films in the West because right. they were invited out, they got to go come to Ghibli and see their process, and vis-a-vis, Ghibli came over and looked at the, I think at the time it was the 90s, so we were, we were like in peak Disney renaissance, we were in Aladdin and Lion King, and so the two companies kind of inspired each other. And so Disney started to release them. And Disney films at the time were known for getting the big stars of the time to come in. You think about Aladdin, you've got Robin Williams as the genie. You've mm. got um, a guy from Ferris Bueller as Simba in uh, in Lion King. Oh, like, right. Okay. So, like, Gilbert Gottfried, for goodness sake. Like, Disney always got big names. And so when they brought over Ghibli films to the West... We get this awesome byproduct of having Disney where we get Christian Bale as Hal in Hal's Moving Castle. We get Danny DeVito in, uh, I think maybe in Ponyo, we get a bunch of big name Ooh. celebrities. And this is like peak casting for this. And it what seems makes it crazy. Even... It's, it it, it seems what, mental. It like is the, the, mad. I can't understand how the how there is that much payback like how they make their money back off that because i think to a certain extent there were other cheaper ways to push these movies and to make them successful like admittedly they, these people are professional actors so they will do a good job um well so I'm not saying well okay that's right. the thing isn't it because yeah, you yeah. can get a good voice actor yes you can have a good actor yeah exactly not right? a good voice actor yeah like so but this is the thing, and and seeing the trailer, the cost of those Robert, actors, uh, yeah, to get them into the booth for like th- at least a couple of days is still going to be insane. But like, then you see the English trailer for it, and Robert Patterson is being a little snivelly gremlin type guy, and you're like, this is so against his type. Yeah, he was Batman. He was Edward. It was like. I love it. I love... Apparently, he was so excited um, about getting the role in the Ghibli film that he turned up to um, the audition with pre-recorded 
old man heron voices on his phone that he played for the director because he was like i really really want this <laughs> here i can be a weird little dude <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that i mean that's kind of cute i mean I go for it like i'm all about diversification and he is um typecast and he is sort of he's got this um it, it, he's, he's been criticised a lot in in the past for his acting ability and praise. Like I'm not saying it's he's not got his talents, but you know he's, he's, Twilight, he's also like, been the he's always of a lot of his, jokes. He always has been, but he definitely has done so much. Like he's done so many weird little indie films that are yeah, so good. Yeah. Have you seen The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe? I don't think it's so. him and Willem. Him and Willem Dafoe, just those two for the entire film. <laughs> it's in black and white. It is. That's insane. Okay. It is just crazy. It's really good, though. So thoroughly recommend. Cool. Yeah, let's check mm. it out. Um, anyway, back to The Boy and the Heron. Great. So potentially, um, you need to see it with the dialogue. Maybe that will yes. help elevate it. It might not. But um, I, I I, actually came out of this film thinking it had some heart. It had some, um, m- you know, metaphoric moments for things about, you know, accepting responsibility for things and for accepting your lot in life and for making the most out of things and mm. um and again sort of like finding your purpose like this this boy we talked about ikigai ikigai um already but this idea of finding your purpose and that being your reason for getting up in the morning this boy mm. doesn't seem to have one at the beginning of the movie he's sort of dealing with a lot of trauma and um bereavement and things and then as the film goes on he sort of his purpose changes he seems to sort of he has this drive to find answers and that's his purpose that keeps him focused and helps him to recover and helps him to sort of Mm. and and that's how i read into the movie and i'm sure that's fairly surface level observation but he he, it helps him to heal and he comes out the other end this sort of um, stronger character who has the opportunity to take this world and make it what he wants, but he's 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 developed and grown to such to such an extent that he can reflect on his own um, flaws and and see that he wouldn't be he wouldn't be able to do that to he's 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 flawed himself and those would those would come through in any world that he tried to create. So he chooses to I don't know take his take a different direction and, and focus on his family and save his family. Um, and then they go back to the world. And by the way, the ending of this is absolutely ridiculous. The the way it just <laughs> like, oh, and they're back now. We're going back to Tokyo. Oh, End of movie. And we're like, back the, the, and we're moving back in. It, it's I was going to ask, what did you think of, of that ending? Because I, I, it leaves it, quite a sour taste in my mouth because it's me like, too. there's no, like, like you said at the beginning, the mother character, mm. um, his new mother, his his aunt, um, she kind of imposes herself into his life and is like, I'm your mother now. Like, you should call me your mother. Like, th- this is it. And then by the end of the film, I don't feel like she's done enough for Mahito to then see her as his mother. Like, there's a, there's a really great sequence with all these, like, paper talismans where she's sealed up in mm. the dream world. Yeah. And she rejects Mahito. She's very she's quite frank she's very honest she's she's like i like leave me alone but then mahito says no you are my mother and that's what draws her back to him and helps to kind of set in motion the ending of the film but does mahito feel that way 
does he just accept it? Has he just like what's changed in his worldview to now accept this yeah. stepmother as his new mother? I my reading of it is he's compromising. Yeah. He's he saved her, and the re- and at the end of the film, he's not kind of he's accepted that this is what his lot is like yeah. you said mm. and he's now making sure that the people around him aren't being affected by his actions so much anymore like at the start of the film he's very selfish he harms himself he rejects everybody he makes things awkward between the family mm. but by the end of it after his experiences he's now living for the sake of other people yeah instead of living for himself Mm. And it's a it's a mixed message for me. It is okay. I get, terms, I get that. In terms of yeah, because I'm like, I should. It's quite a Japanese way of thinking, right? Mm. And, and we said this is kind of semi autobiographical, and this is the way that Miyazaki has viewed his movies throughout the years. Is that he views that what he creates as inspiring and supporting other people, but I'm like. For, in in Mahito's narrative sense, it's it seems kind of like he's just letting life wash over him. By the end of it, he's just kind of okay. like, oh, "Fine." Um, I think you? it what is you? more. I, th- I think that's one way you could look at it. And I think you know, there's always two sides to every every narrative arc. But I think for me, it's less neg. It's 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 less dark than that. It's it's not as it's not as. Um, I think it's more the other thing that you said. It's it's the idea of living your life to make a positive impact on the people around you and not being selfish in your decisions to seek glory or to to or, or feel um you know uh not vindictive but like um hateful towards your lot in life and 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 um aggress- you know let that drag you down um it's the idea of you can rise above it you can you you can still have you, anyone can it's it's mindset isn't it it's perspective it's mm. it's not letting it's not feeling sorry for yourself it's looking and and, and i think from a, a sort of um mental health well-being side of things i think it's really it's it's good people get trapped in their own heads a lot and i think that's what this is about on some level um, yeah. Mahito is trapped in his own sorrows, his own, you know, not that he shouldn't be. He's lost his mother. He's, he's, he's been thrown into this other life and there's no, and he's a young boy. There's no reason why he, he's obviously going to find that hard. But I think people struggle um, with getting outside of their own head. And as soon as you start to think about, well, hold on, me I, I I have an impact in everything that I do, and every the people in, I'm closest to, my family, my friends. If I can focus on how I'm impacting them, then that can be my purpose. You know, we we mm. only ever leave behind our influence on other people. You know, we we don't we won't be here forever. But what the impact the imp- the impact and the impression that other people have on us is our lasting legacy. So to have that at the forefront of your mind when doing anything means that you can get purpose in every single thing that you do, every single Mm. action, every single conversation you have, you leave, you have an impact on those people and therefore you always have a purpose. And I think that's another way of looking at it. I really like that. I think that's just, 
a much more positive read on it than um and it's probably I came out with with. it's probably two sides of the same coin like you know yeah. there's no reason it has to be one or the other but i think you know there's always the dark in the light and there's always the light in the dark yeah i think that's that's the beauty of these kinds of movies and a lot of ghibli movies can lead to this like two very different interpretations of what was the message what was the idea yeah and yeah i think both reads are valid and it's up to the individual viewer to kind of figure out what that means for them and how that's going to affect them but i really like that read of him putting the interactions of others or like his impact on others first like grants him lots of purpose i really like that uh take i read that's yeah. I, d- I didn't consider that before. Thank you very much. That's for expanding right. my mind. But going back to the ending, I did find it really abrupt in that we don't get mm. many answers. It is left in this sort of limbo where, like, I, do you know what frustrates me with Ghibli sometimes? You think things are going to come back and they just don't. Like the the okay. um, the girl who was the old lady but younger on the boat with the scar the exact same as his... Um, yeah, I was really ha- then, thinking that that was some geez. sort of like that there was going to be some payoff to that, and it seemed to be just mm. nope. Oh, she's this here is just to a, help him out. <laughs> yeah, just here to help. My scar oh, just happens to be now. in the same place as you. I'm not going to tell you how I got it. Oh no, maybe she does. I can't remember. I think she does, but it's, it's I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and, and I just thought there was the the, the similarities there was. It was obviously going to be him, but you know he him, but older. But obviously, it was a it was not because it was a, a lady who was at the house, but younger. Could have um, been like an alternate dimension version of him or something. Yeah, yeah, kind of came something in. like that. Um, but yeah, again, it doesn't really doesn't really go many places. And, and the dream world in general introduces a lot of things that just kind of we're told about, and then you just yeah, have to kind like, of forget this like, whole the weird... soul parallel. The soul you know, thing with like yeah. oh they're getting they're going to the upper worlds to, to to be reborn oh but somebody brought herons into this world and so they eat the souls of soon to be born kids yeah, don't and then worry feel... about it it's never mentioned again yeah yeah oh and also this this heron's dying and can talk yeah like... and and explains how they are the victims because they've been trapped here without food the sea's got no water the seas have got barely any fish so we have to eat these souls to survive and, and but we don't it, i'm not sure who brought them there like you say yeah like, does, i don't think it explains who brought the herons in there it's, it's like i feel like it suggests up. that it's the uncle <laughs> like it's the grand uncle's <laughs> design that um has, has, has caused all of these things to happen but because we don't really get an alternative villain or anything it's not like there's any sort of nefarious no, the only other one is is the is the parakeet king and he's doing it because he wants to take over and i don't i didn't understand the parakeets to be honest like there's a society that eats of birds that eat humans and they make a delicious soup broth it was then... funny though when they were walking him down the down the <laughs> thing and they've got the knives behind the back yeah <laughs> yeah very bizarre um, just odd i mean but then again another, another question co- comedic moment up. when they come out of the door and the dad's running up the hill and he's like my oh, voice yeah. turned into a budgie it, it turned into a budgie what's going on <laughs> i mean they yeah. all like they all run out of the door and then they all turn back into just regular birds and poop on everybody i'm like yeah what yeah yeah I question whether... Um, I'm probably not supposed to think too much into it. Like, for all we know, <laughs> this is all just blunt force trauma 
that's been caused by Makoto That's the thing, you don't know what's what's supposed to be looked into and what's not. And it's like, because yeah. you could just read it as him just having a really bad set of hallucinations because he's got massive concussion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then, and that's how I read it at first when it was, yeah, when, when yeah. The, the bird started landing there. And it's, it's only since his head trauma that he really starts to in, engage to with the bird. To see all this weird stuff. Yeah. I wonder if... I, I, I think the answer to, to a lot of these questions is don't think too much about it. It's it's metaphorical. But I'm like, they destroyed the alternate universe. So does that mean that souls don't get reincarnated anymore? <laughs> Has Mahito just or doomed was it reincarnation society? or was that the birth of souls? Oh, there's now only a limited number of people in the world. <laughs> oh, Mahito, what have you done? Just no one has a soul anymore. Oh, that's the true <laughs> message that, that Miyazaki was trying to get across the whole time. It's like, <laughs> he first said that anime was a mistake. Now he's saying that nobody has a soul. Yeah, yep, that's pretty much it. Um, he's such a grumpy old man. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I had a thought and then it, it, it grew some parakeet wings and just flew out of my, flew out my head. Away. Um, the distance. Well, I don't know. Do you want to um, try and wrap this up and then we'll do a little bit of what we've been watching and what we've been reading outside of this? I think so. I mean, all in all, I think that it is a very good-looking film. It's got a good soundtrack. Uh, the yeah, performances are all very good. Um, it's, it's everything that you would expect in a Ghibli movie. Um if this is Miyazaki's swan song, then I'm glad that he got to tell this personal story for himself. If he makes another film after this, then great. Good for him. He's found his purpose for getting up in the morning. <laughs> I think all in all, I'd probably give it like a 7 or an 8 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. I, think I, would, I, I, I would... definitely need to rewatch it. I'm going to rewatch it in the dub as soon as it's available on Blu-ray. And cool. we'll see if my opinion changes. How about you? Yeah, I I would like to rewatch this in the dub, if not only just for the cast, <coughs> but also to sort of see what see if there's any sort of different interpretations. Um, I liked this one. I, it was weird at times, and the ending I didn't particular how it closed. I didn't like it. Just felt very blunt, and we got didn't get as many answers as I thought we would. But all in all, I liked the character story. I liked that it was somewhat in the real world and there was real narrative going on alongside mm. the film. It wasn't just a complete isekai. There was stuff happening yeah. all the way through. And 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 I guess the if you're ever questioning what's going on in this film, the answer is aliens because the whole thing <laughs> is a, a, a crash meteorite <laughs> that happens to form other this dimensions. Is, oh, yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, that they built a tower around apparently. So yeah, aliens did it, and um, uh, if not that, it, then don't a wizard too did much. it. So it's a fine. wizard did it. Literally, <laughs> aliens <laughs> and a wizard did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, right. We'll leave it there, and um, we're going to just stay, stick around because we're finished a little bit early. Because when there's one movie, um, I don't know. I guess there's not as much to talk about, but we'll uh, we'll we'll I have a quick so. chat around what else we've been watching and reading. Um, outside of the boy and the heron and um, yeah stick around for that 
I'm just now putting in, in I'm now putting in transitions that we haven't done for about six months. But yeah, you're just like surprise. It's time to transition again. I, I'm loving it. It's keeping me on my toes. I'm like, Ooh, what's going to happen this week? Um, all right, so well, we're we're back here in uh, our general catch up section, kind of what we've been consuming, what we've been up to. Have you? Read, watched, done much over this uh, holiday break? Now that we're we're back in 2024, what was um, the? Oh, maybe we could talk about our favourite things from 2023. Oh my god, that's a you can't just drop that on me. We should I, do it's a bit of a big one to. Drop we should do an we'll episode. Do a, of that. Yeah, let's do that <laughs> that's next week. Too much to just throw on me right <laughs> that, now. Just like can't surprise. What I watched last week, let alone last year. Um, uh, okay, so over the holidays, then what have you? Uh, what have you been watching or reading or playing or doing? Oh, mate, honestly, it's been D&D heavy. I have um, been watching... your craft, yeah. Yeah, I've been watching... Um... 1 a.m. you sent me that picture? <laughs> I did, yeah. So yesterday, I... I so basically, um, outside of this podcasting uh, gig, me and Sam have been playing D&D recently, which Sam has been DMing for and has been a lot of fun. And i did a christmas one shot and dm'd for that for my first ever experience which i thoroughly enjoyed and you nailed it as well by the way just to throw that you. out there thank You're you very welcome. um it was a lot of fun and i've got some friends i love from... that we killed santa we did kill santa um <laughs> <laughs> a lot of i've got some friends from my from uh, my work that are interested in playing D for the first time and i am going to host a game and dm for them and so uh, as such i've been i mean to be fair i've been watching just um d so i've been watching um dimension 20 um Mm -hmm. i've been watching some of their campaigns i've been watching the um uh adventure high or something uh fantasy high fantasy high Mm. um series so i've watched the whole first series and i'm now halfway through the second series and that's surprised you've not watched critical role yet that seems to be the i have watched critical role Oh, I've, watched... good? I've never, I've never watched another person's D and D campaign. Haven't you? Oh, I find, never. I find it so good. Um, so yeah, a lot um, of people say Critical Role is incredible. Like, yeah, so I, I like the main guy, the DM, Matt Mercer. He's a yes, great voice actor. Matt, Matt Mercer's brilliant. Yeah, um, so, and and the guy from Fantasy uh, from uh, Dimension Twenty is uh, Brennan someone or other. Um, Brennan Lee, someone, I think. Um, but anyway, he uh, they're both brilliant. They're both very different styles of gameplay. Um, role twen- uh, cri- uh, critical role is a lot more... Well, th- depends what series you watch because they've got so many different campaigns. Um, mm. The campaign I was watching was the... Um, the something nine, the Mighty Nine. And that, that was um, very nine. D&D... Um, or a lot of it was a lot slower the um dimension 20 i think they they streamline it a bit and they do a lot more of um they they plan the events a little bit more it's a little bit more staged i don't think it is completely they still go off and do completely random stuff i don't think the individual sessions are staged or scripted really at all but i think there's a lot more structure to the whole event and therefore it can it can be very entertaining like there's been some incredible roles for stupid things and <laughs> it's also the, the fantasy high series is a really good gateway because it's basically a high school it's set in 19 
nineties uh, America or two thousands um, America high school where the whole right. town is based around adventuring and it's an adventuring high school. And uh, so it's, they have like crystals instead of phones. Which you could, they can take you could make an anime of. out of this. <laughs> oh, yeah, genuinely, you seriously could. I'm pretty um, sure this is most isekai anime. Like, they, isn't this just um, what was it, <laughs> Dan Machi? Um, well, it's it's Dan Machi, but set in the modern day. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's like um, they, they drive cars. They um, oh, they've got like proper formal schooling um, with classes, and they've got like middle class suburbias and stuff. It's it's like um, it, it it's it's really fun sort of twist on D and D. So it's got these sort of like high school romances and elements going on at the same time, and you know they'll phone each other up on their crystals instead of phones and they'll like yeah a lot of cool sort of world building um mm. so i would definitely recommend that and as uh, as i've been watching that i've yesterday i decided i wanted to uh, dm screen for when i do actually dm because i'm going to do it in person and then that i was looking online and there's so many cool dm screens you can get and you can just get cheap ones but like i don't i want i don't want a flimsy one that's just get, that i'm i'm just going to get battered and i also want to be able to like change what's on it and things so i thought i'd make my own mm. which is turning out to be a lot more expensive than i thought it would be i thought that'd be a cheaper <laughs> alternative to like buying a handcrafted one off etsy but it turns out probably not so much um but it's fun anyway so i'm creating my own D um what's it called well I just yeah dm board dm, DM board. screen dm screen yeah that's all yeah um, i think when we played last time when i was in person last time i was dming again uh with one of our friends dan and we bought a specific like ocean themed um screen so it had like all these like on the inside it had like the most common rules that you needed so it was three sections and one section was like okay so here's what all these status effects do this section was kind of um common item prices and then on the side because it was a nautical themed one it was um, ship combat rules. And so there was yeah. an entire section of the, the board was made up of this very niche thing that we were like, okay, we need to work this in to the campaign somehow. We need to get a boat. <laughs> all right, so you bought you bought that without like li- aligning it to the campaign and was like, hey, we've got all these stats. We need to use them. Yeah, it was, it, I think uh, Dan picked it up on offer because um, we had all the books. So we had all the five yeah. e-books and then he saw that the ship... Uh, model, like the ship map, was on sale with a DM screen, and he grabbed mm. it for like fifty percent off. And so that was that was the campaign for the next two months. Yeah, it, fair enough. We're pirates now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no D and D is fantastic. I'm really glad that we're we're still playing. I need to kind of spend some time this week getting getting my resources back together and and getting the next section of our our game sorted. Um, if you'd like to eavesdrop on our games let us know maybe we could think about making our games public if if that would be something that people would be interested in seeing be the next mm. be the next critical role oh my goodness i don't think yeah. i've got the the voice range that matt mercer no has, god so. no no and and it's um, just i have i have yorkshire and scottish yeah. and that that's my range like that he it. is incredible <laughs> and so is brennan as well like his, their their ranges and their storytelling their narrative their vocabulary like they're just incredible like performers and 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 voice actors so i've seen clips where like matt Matt mercer's made people on his uh cast 
break down in tears. Yeah, yeah. And same with Brennan. Like, highly I was, I was tearing up at some of his sort of story development and some of his narration and um, the cast were as well. When when at the end of season one, um, there there were so many emotional twists, not twists, but like resolutions and things Mm. that were happening. And it was just like after you've watch the whole campaign you're obviously invested they're invested and um yeah it was it was really good it was re- it was a really sort of satisfying end to a campaign um wow yeah it's good stuff um what have you been up to um it's holiday season so i've mostly been traveling around um exploring the wilds of japan uh we went to takayama and uh Climbed a mountain and played in the snow and ate delicious. Um, it was called Hida beef. Oh, it was so good, it just I melted in your mouth. I want that life, man. I want. I want to be it's there. It's so just good. Like, just to say, you've just like yeah, I've just gone off, climbed a, climbed a mountain, and then the next just day you'll be like in the sea, climbing around. Like, yeah, I'll just be swimming, running around. Uh, but, but the past few days, I've mostly um, been very, very slothy i'm just okay lazy not doing anything i have been playing uh, the new fate game fate samurai mm. remnant um an action game uh, based on the very law heavy and complicated fate stay night series um and that's been really fun i have been watching doctor who i think we talked about it a little bit last time but i watched um i went back and i watched some tenant episodes i watched blink oh, nice and I watched oh. the Devil two-parter. Um, both so Blink, absolutely fantastic. Blink with the That's Weeping Angels. The first, the first instance of the Weeping Angels. And Tennant isn't really in it at all. He's speaking to the person through DVDs. Um, oh, yeah. Is that the one in the house with the, the girl? Yeah. yeah. It's, you, we follow the girl for the whole time, and then Tennant turns up right at the very end. Like I, I vaguely remember that one. I mean, it's Absolute hard. Absolute masterpiece. Does, it, is it? Okay, I need to go back and watch it, because that, I feel like, to me, it gets massively overshadowed by um, the Matt Smith uh, Weeping Angels stuff. because that has Yeah, such... because Matt Smith took the Weeping Angels, and, it, and they became... It was like, it, like the the beauty of this episode is that there's only like four of them, yeah, and so yeah. it's like a very localized threat. Like they're mm. feeding off of people who enter this house and and whatnot. But then Matt Smith was like, "Okay, here's a hundred thousand weeping angels. Do your like, how do you survive?" I oh, don't remember it like that. It definitely ends is a like weeping that. angel. But there's there's quite a few. It comes back a few times. Like there's the bit with um. Oh god, the bit I've just got I've just got goosebumps and shivers. Ooh. The bit where he's got the book. And the book, the book he, he says he and this is a line that's always stuck with me. He always rips uh-huh. out the last page of any book because he doesn't like to know how it ends because once it's finished it's over and it's definite. So there's this book and who's um a river, river song. River song. And there's this oh, bit. Oh, is it her diary? It might be her diary, yeah. And it's but it because she's going on a different timeline. Mm. I think he reads the last page, or there's something that happens where he learns that River's going to die, or something's mm. going to happen. Someone's going to die, so he's trying to change the events of the book, and he reads a bit, or she's reading it, and she says, "It says I break my wrist," it, and then she turns around, and the weeping angel has grabbed her wrist, Ooh. and the only way she can get out is by breaking her own wrist to get out of it. So. 
he's like, you can't, don't, don't break it. If you break it, then it shows that the book is true. So she stays there for ages. And then later in the episode, she gets out and she's like, look, I'm fine. It's absolutely fine. And he's like, yes, that's great. But it's don't, actually broken. It's not fixed. But she's that, broken it, yeah. Yeah, and and then he I do touches her later now, yeah. on and she's like, ah, he's like, your wrist is broken, isn't it? He's like, what did I tell you not to do? <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I really like that because it's it's just this idea that it's written and if you read it, then it's real. And that I, I really hate finishing books because you have got that finality about it. So I yeah. start a lot of stuff and never finish it. Um, yeah the last book that I read um, is called This Is How You Lose the Time War and it was such a compelling read like cover to cover it took me it Doctor a Who? couple of hours no it's not it's uh, <laughs> it was it was recommended by Biggerless Dickerless Wolfwood on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> it was like a big like it was a whole it was a whole Twitter phenomenon back in like March um, and it's a really really good book with really good themes and like it, it was gripping to read the, the prose was so just beautiful and I finished it and I'm like, oh, that's really sad. Yeah. But I, 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 I can't keep reading this now. And so yeah. I've not picked up a book since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. I'm like, what do I do now? Yeah. Uh, well, especially yeah, especially with really good books, it's hard to... Yeah, remember. yeah. It's really difficult. And I, I'm for this year, I really want to try and... There's two things I really want to try and do this year, um, I guess, to kind of wrap up. Yeah. Um, what we're what we're chatting about cool yeah uh, two things that i really want to do is i want to read more i want to try mm. and do a book at least one book a month yep until the end of the year and i want to cook more because mm. i have definitely found myself falling into the, the the japanese trap of pre-made meals cost nothing yeah so why would i not just get those yeah so that's my okay. goal i'm going to try and cook cook more and um read more what about you what are you gonna I, i'm not gonna set the, a definitive goal i think i just need to as long as i'm increasing the amount i, th- I think what you should things. do is you should with the cooking one especially cooking especially when we're working full-time can feel like a chore mm, and what you absolutely. need to do is make it a hobby so set a time side maybe at the weekend to be like right i want to try this meal and i'm going to cook mm. this particular meal rather than like oh i've got to cook what am i going to cook i should set like a day shouldn't i really yeah, but like, again, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think otherwise it will just drop off with the like busy schedules and stuff. So oh, potentially set, setting a day, like I'm going to cook today and I'm going to and uh, get enjoyment out of exploring recipes and looking at different ways to cook and stuff. Absolutely. I definitely should. That's, that's the big thing that I really want to do because I need to develop that as a skill. Otherwise I'm never going to. Well, Sam, the question food. would be like I think I think for personal growth and for like healthy reasons and and all there's loads of different reasons why you should cook, but you don't need to develop that skill in 2024. To be honest, that is true. I mean, it's, I can go into the kombini and I can spend 300 yen, which is nothing in today's economy, and get all of my food groups and more, like them <laughs> more. And more. All my food groups and more. Look at all this extra stuff we've put into your food. <laughs> I get a get a gacha card with it. It's fine. I, I get a gacha. Oh my god. Uh, honestly, if they put gacha <laughs> food- inside of if they put gacha inside salad, that'd be it. It'd be yeah. game over for me. I'd be a, yeah. I would be an adonis. What a by way! To, what a way to change the diet of Japan. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. For oh, every dear. if you if How you buy you? five what's apples, your... you get a gacha card. Um, five apples and my... a gacha card. What, what what's your kind of? Do you have any overarching? 2024 big 
broad themes you want to kind of hit? Um, I think I'm not going to set any definitive ones at the minute. I need to get healthy. I need to get fitter. So I've I got a mountain. I bought myself a mountain bike as uh, my gift to me for Christmas, <laughs> um, and I want to make sure that I'm doing more of that. I want to get out on that and visit some places and get fit um, because yeah, 2023 has been not like particularly healthy or active. I've had injuries and stuff. My knees bit, my, I'm still waiting for an operation on my knee. So it's been limiting me anyway. Um, but yeah, fitness and health, I really want to try and sort out. Mm. Um, apart from that, I don't know, career wise, I really want to make some decisions career wise and see if I can, yeah. uh, it makes yeah make get some finality because you know not to get too deep but careers um are a big part of people's lives and um i'm not 100 sure on what that looks like for me at the minute so trying to develop some clarity around that not rushing into anything but just taking some time to think about taking stock what that means of the situation stock, yeah, yeah. Mm. So. awesome well let us know in the comments on instagram on twitter um, if you have any broad themes for 2024 that you want to change um, and then we will shout you out next episode because I feel like we need to engage with the audience more or Fair enough. 21 of you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yep, happy new thanks. year from all of us here at um, Anime Against the World and we shall see you on our journey into bolder and broader horizons in this fantastic new year of the dragon is it the Rebranded. dragon? Yes, Year of the Dragon this year. So it will be the year of Anime Against the World is a dragon and rising to the most popular podcast of all time. Uh, so yeah, um, if you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review. Tell your friends. That's how we grow and how we find new viewers and new listeners. I know that there are a lot of episodes, but that means that you can clearly find something that you would enjoy. Um, anything else, Will? No, no, you've summed it all nicely there, Sam. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you next time, hopefully with some uh, interesting views on some new anime or other things in the world. Take care. And see you soon. Bye.